So what I want to talk to you about today is, and this is a start, because um, this is going to be something we're looking at basically through the, the course of this term. This is a sort of introduction. Um, is, is I've been meditating and thinking a lot about, well, I guess meditating is thinking a lot, um, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll make it mystical, it's meditating and thinking a lot, okay, thinking, um, about the fullness of Christ. What does it mean? What would it, what would it look like? to see the fullness of Christ manifest here? What, what do you think it would look like? Well, be fun, wouldn't it? It would be, be awesome. Challenging, I suggest to you, because we think Jesus says some things that are kind of tough. I'm not sure we'd understand everything. But I tell you, you'd want to be here, wouldn't you? We could say, next, next Sunday, guest preacher, Jesus of Nazareth. we probably have a crowd. You, 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 you would have a crowd, wouldn't you? Not everybody, not everybody would understand. Not everybody would like. I'll tell you, it would be challenging. But you'd be pretty certain things are going to happen. So imagine what it could be like if, as a church, we could manifest all the time the fullness of Jesus. So we can. Yes, we can. That's, that's the opportunity, not just for us, but actually for all Christianity. And that is our determination. And um, as you know that we had Bill Johnson with us at the end of July, an amazing time. And I was just going, you know, rough calculations in my brain, but I think we had probably towards 200 people healed during four days of the conference here in this room and in the building. <clears throat> that was good. We are so British understated, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. A little clap. Very good, very good, very good, very good, yes. If I said they go, well, maybe, maybe 200 people healed. Are you thinking? Just, just. <laughs> Come on. Well done, Nicole, again. Most, I, I tell you, not funny, you, are, you are a warrior. And an inspiration beyond inspiration. We should get excited about these things, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I knew it was possible. Always believed it was possible. No, 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 that's not the issue. Most, most of us acknowledge the Bible is true. Just we don't live in it. There's a difference between acknowledging something's true and actually really believing it and bringing it into being. There's a huge difference. And uh, one thing that excited me um, a lot was on the Sunday morning when Bill Johnson said, said it's, it's really exciting to find a church that's got the same atmosphere as, as the conference that they put on. 
<laughs> so, and um, last, uh, last weekend, uh, we were up with my sister celebrating her birthday, and then uh, Kim and I had the, pr- the privilege of speaking in their church on the Sunday morning, and um, just sharing with them some of the stories that were going on here. And, um, but, but my sister said this, she said she, she was amazed, because she was at the conference on the Friday, Saturday, and then she stayed over with my, my dad on the, the Saturday night and brought him uh, on the Sunday morning. And she said they were a little bit late just coming into the auditorium, which is no great surprise for Christians. <laughs> and, and she said, as she walked in, she said, oh my goodness, this is the same atmosphere as we had in the conference. This is their lifestyle, isn't it? She said she was so impacted. She was talking about it all, all last weekend with us. She said, I couldn't get over the fact that you live like this, don't you? You just don't put, not just you put events on. I said, yeah, that's, that's our desire, to live in the fullness of Christ, not just to have meetings that are good. For this to be true every day of our lives. Now, that is possible. I want to tell you, that is possible for each and every one of us. For you. To manifest the fullness of Christ daily. And we want to try and unwrap that further during this term so that you, you understand how that can be because it applies to you. Okay? That is your calling. So, um, can we bring up Ephesians chapter 4? Jane's ready. Ephesians chapter 4 again? Yes, again, here we go. Okay, because there's a lot in it. I'm just going to read through and then we're going to comment as we go. So, Ephesians chapter 4 says this, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Okay, so, this is, this is the urge to, to live a life worthy of the calling you received. So, what is your calling? Well, I want to tell you, your, your calling is not to be forgiven of your sins. Now, it's important where you put the comma in that, that, that statement, all right? So your calling goes way beyond forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins, it, it, that, that, that just gets the stuff out of the way that, that, that would get in the way. So you can get on and live your calling. Okay, when we make Christianity a battle against sin, we won't live according to our calling. Jesus took my sin away. Now, this was the beautiful revelation that this lady was getting. She said, oh, my goodness, he took my sin away. He really did take it away. And then as soon as she got hold of that, God touched her, she got healed. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean to say sin's irrelevant. Actually, we, we have to battle against it in terms of temptation. But actually, that's not my calling. My calling is to live out the fullness of God. So where are you seated at this moment? Heavenly places. And on a seat in Eastgate, thinking, how's that work? It's, it's that, 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 that dualism you have to get to grips with, actually, of, of, of this is the reality, and that reality is going to impact this one. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So here we go. Love each other. That's not too tricky, is it? Laura's laughing. Simple to say. Lifetime in working out, actually. But does it, actually? 
This is part of your calling, is loving each other. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And again, this is something that, that um, just to comment on, um, we have Bill Johnson here, we, you know, amazing time, and since that time, obviously we stuck our heads above the spiritual parapet, it's like all, all hell's been let loose. In reality. <laughs> we have, we have, if you ask him and I what sort of summer we have, we've had, we say a torrid one. Really? Say, oh, you had a nice break? No, not really. Some, some, what happened? And we, we came under spiritual attack, I think, as a church. And reality was, we looked at it and thought about it. Not sure we were quite alert and aware enough. In reality. And I preached about this a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, that we need to put on our armour. And I, I just think, I just want to say, if you've had a, a bit of a tough summer, then understand why that might be. Because when you want to live this out and you want to take ground, you will be opposed. If you're, no, if you're taking no ground, the devil will leave you where you are. Um, I was talking to somebody during the week about this. Mr. Uh, um, who said, you, you remember the picture that, he, that he'd, uh, it was a, some painting, some sort of ecclesiastical painting. I don't know from what era, but he said that, and it was a, uh, two, two, two paintings of the same church. Uh, and in one painting, all the, all the congregation were asleep in the pews. And he said the demons in the rafters, they, they were having a skip as well. They were asleep. And in the other picture, there was vibrant worship going on, and the demons were awake. Ooh, that is telling, isn't it? So when, <laughs> I'm pleased that we attracted his attention. I don't necessarily like the outcome of his attention. But what I take solace in is this, that he has limited resources. So there are no more demons being made. And as the world population gets bigger, their job, get, their job gets tougher. And that's true. Okay, so that's what I take solace. I think, and if, if, we get, if we're keeping a few of you occupied, then somebody else is getting it easy. Or easier. But one thing that we'll be, we'll be, we do have to defend and guard against is, is disunity. Because he will try and do that. You have to really guard yourself against that because because if if we get divided, we won't demonstrate the fullness of Christ. And that, there are all sorts of things you have to do without going into great details about that. But actually, it's just just to be aware. Actually, and the, how does how does disunity come in? Well, it comes in through all sorts of bits of ways of, of of not loving one another, not speaking the truth in love. Gossip's a terrible thing. Horrible. Don't do it. No, won't, go, won't, won't start saying more about that. Sorry. Okay, verse 4. There's, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. So we've got one hope. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So there's lots of ones there, aren't there? I haven't counted them, but lots of ones. Basically, it's talking about, actually, we are together, joined together. And I, I'm not convinced that we'll be able to manifest the fullness of Christ unless we do it all together. You like that? <laughs> good. That's good. Because, and I think it's really important that, that we don't think we're going to depend upon the Christian superstars. It's, 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 
it's not the way it should be because in fact you're all Christian superstars that is your calling Seriously, I'm, I'm, so your, your calling is to be a Christian superstar without, without getting proud about it. So can you heal the sick? You can, if he's in you. Okay, to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So how many of us have got grace? Each one of us. So is that, I, I think, wow, that's good news. <laughs> and what, what grace means is you didn't earn it. It's not been given to you because you've been good. Or somehow you've, you've done the performance ladder to attain to something. As soon as you are born again, you have this inheritance. And you, you become part of something amazing. The church should be the most amazing thing on planet Earth. And in many ways, I think it already is. But, but It's getting good, Bola, isn't it? So, grace has been given. So when somebody wants to give you something, what's the smart thing to do? Receive it. You say, well, I don't deserve it. No, you don't deserve grace. You receive grace. You can't deserve it. This is the mistake people make. That, well, I'm not sure about that grace. I'm not worthy. No, you're not. Let's get that out of the way. He's made you worthy. He's given it. <laughs> what I'm aiming towards is, is actually a time for every one of you to get filled with the spirit at the end. Okay, so, so, so. So it's already happening. So, so um, I hope you're not. In a, I hope you're not in a rush this morning because I will land it at some stage. But then I don't think God's landing in, in one sense, or he, he might be in another way. I think, I think the lightning bolt's about to sort of hit planet Earth. Now I want to tell you this: every one of us is given what I call general grace, which is the same grace of forgiveness an identity as sons and daughters of the king. But you've also been given specific grace, which is individual to you. And your specific grace is unique to you. And it's about your specific calling of where you, what part you have to play in the body of Christ. Okay. And um, th- this church is unique because we are us. And no other church has us in it. Do you understand? But that's not. It's like somebody says to you, "Are you Bethel?" Don't be silly. How could we ever be Bethel? They're Bethel, and nobody else can be North Kent Community Church because we're us. So I'm not seeking to be somebody else. It's silly to try and be somebody else. Now you can learn from other people. That, that's smart. But actually, and, and this is key. So where do you fit? In this body, particularly if you're new amongst us, this is becoming your your church family. We want to help you understand where you fit and then enable you to, 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 to be released in all that God's got for you in this family. And it's really important that everybody plays their part because if everybody doesn't play their part, then we lack. 
And again, through this, through this month, we're going to be talking about that. And on the 28th of September, we're going to be sharing some stuff, um, particularly about uh, the opportunities that come with the building and, and the things like that. And next month, we start to pay a mortgage. You're really excited about that, aren't you? Okay, so who's going to pay the mortgage? We are. Now, it's really important that you count yourself in the we. Rather than the church. That's the church. They're going to do that, aren't they? That, that, that church, that, that office thing that exists down there where they do the finances. Dennis, he's the treasurer. Dennis is going to pay. No, no. Dennis is going to pay the mortgage. No, no. If we leave it to Dennis, I think Dennis will have a few headaches. Dennis is going to have a lot less headaches if we pay the mortgage. That, that's, that, that's, I'm just being realistic. This is family responsibility. If you want to be a family, then responsibility comes with it. If you're a visitor, then we'll take any contributions, but you, know, we don't, you don't have the same responsibility. But if you, this is your family, you do. That's part of what's given to you, grace to give. That's what it says. The Macedonians pleaded for the opportunity to participate in the grace of giving. Out of their extreme poverty. That's what it says. Because they knew there was something about the manifestation of the grace of God in and through them as they gave. I'll just say, giving, giving is one of the keys to a healthy Christian life. It really is. Okay, so it goes on. It says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And we're going to try and explain that through this term of what that looks like to have that fivefold ministry at work in this church and through us. But the purpose is to prepare God's people. Who's God's people? We are. Good. Got the we. For works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to what? The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that, that's where we're going, okay? So, so, so we want you to attain to the whole measure in your level. But actually, as we put that all together, this can be the most extraordinary thing. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. Now, from whom? So from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together. So, so who holds it all together? Jesus does. And it's held together by every supporting ligament. That means we connect and we support one another. And it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's a magnificent picture that we want to unfold during this term so that we enjoy the fullness of Christ. And I'd love to say more about it, but I'll probably come, I'm going to come to this. I'll be back on this next week. Um, I want to try and help you understand what, what apostles and prophets look like as they work together. Then we're going to be talking about evangelists and evangelism. We've been thinking a lot about our evangelistic sort of strategies and philosophy. Um, where does teaching and pastoral ministry fit into all that? Because if we get that all, all, all working and you benefit from it all, then, then the outcome is the fullness of Christ. Okay, But... Um, 
I've got a couple of minutes just to, to say on this. With regard to the apostles, can you throw up um, Mark chapter 3? Please, sir. Uh, Jane? There we go. Now, this is, this is really important. So, if I were to say to you, what did Jesus ask the apostles to do when he chose them to, to, and designated them as apostles? What was the first thing that Jesus asked apostles to do? Be with him. Now, that is the key issue. Because most people think that it's task-orientated. It's not. It's relational orientation first. And apostles are preoccupied with being with Jesus and his presence and you being with him and connected to him. Apostles are not primarily preoccupied with tasks. They're primarily preoccupied with, with, with relationship with God and the presence of God. And if the presence of God's not there, they're not very interested. They, they get bored if, if God's not around. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and, he, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. It says elsewhere that he designated them apostles, but to be with him. And an apostolic foundation in a church is based around the presence of God. If he's not here, we're not very interested. The first question apostles would, would ask when they visited church, you read through the book of Acts, was this. Have you received the Holy Spirit? When he goes to Ephesus and they say, never heard of him. And he says, so who's baptismed yet? John, John the Baptist. He says, well, that's not bad, good starter, but have this one as well. And doesn't, in one sense, there are good starts, but actually without, without the baptism of the Spirit and the fullness of the Spirit, then actually you've not got the, the foundations that God wants you to have. Because it talks about, and again, we'll come to this next week, first apostles. What's first apostles means? It's, it's the first in a priority of what needs to happen in your environment. And th- this, this needs to be true in your individual life, that the presence of God and the, the activity of the Holy Spirit has to be the foundation upon which you build your Christian life. What did Jesus promise once he'd gone back to the Father? Send the Holy Spirit, and he said it's going to be better for you. So we could, if we, I would suggest to you, if we, if we advertised next week guest speaker Holy Spirit, it wouldn't attract the same attention as if we could put Jesus up on a billboard. Because we, we, we need to, to regain our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and honour and recognise his presence in a way that is equivalent to what we would do if it was Jesus standing here. So if you are baptised in the Spirit, you are filled with the presence of God, just as if Jesus was standing next to you and actually could get inside you. You fancy that? So do you want to be filled? It's a bit like you say no in this environment, isn't it? I know it's... I know. <laughs> Well, it's, it's not coercion, it's a sort of a almost rhetorical question because, because of, well, why wouldn't you? If you've never been baptised in the Spirit, then this is your moment. All you need to do is ask and he will come and he will fill you. Now, I'm, I'm aware that 
you know, some of you are going to have to go and get your children a minute and there's youth work and that. But I, I want to, I'm going to, we're going to set some music going and it's going to run for a while because I want you now to encounter God and get filled. There will be more healing going on and we can have a ministry team at some stage. But I, I really want you to encounter God now. So get ready on the um, thing. We're going to use the song, Set a Fire Down in My Soul that I can't contain and I can't control. Parents, if you do need to go and get your kids, do get them. Feel free to bring them back up here because I want our children to experience this as well. And our youth, all right? So it's really important. We are together as a church. There, there isn't a distinction between children's work, youth work, main church. No, this, we are together and they need to be filled and that, they can be ahead of us. So, so I want you to stand. We're going to use this song, Set a Fire Down in My Soul. And then there's another one coming after it, which is Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? And there's some more after that on the playlist. But... Um, So let's respond to God and get filled, shall we?